Hey, everyone. Welcome to Queerly Recommended, the podcast where we recommend queer films, books, TV shows, and more. I'm Tara Scott, and I review sapphic fiction at the Lesbian Review and Smart Bitches Trashy Books. This week, I am recommending a sapphic rom-com novel. And I'm Chris Bryant, a contemporary romance writer for Bold Strokes Books. This week, I'm recommending a sci-fi thriller film from 2023 that was recorded during the pandemic. I thought nothing was recorded during the pandemic. I'm very curious. Yeah, 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 yeah. To hear more about this. Yes, I can't wait to tell you. (laughs) Just as always, thank you so much to the folks who support us uh, through coffee or with our newsletter on Substack. Again, we have links to both in the show notes. I know I say this every time, but we are grateful for your support. And also just thank you to everyone who has reviewed or rated on the podcast apps. If you haven't done it yet and you are at all inclined, we would so, so appreciate it. We love you very much. And if you can just do one other thing to help spread the word, just please tell a friend about the show if you think they would be interested in the recommendations that we're making. Chris. Yes. What's new? Your team won. Yes. So my team won the Super Bowl two years in a row, back to back, which has only been done a couple times ever in the history of football. Mm -hmm. But right after the parade, there was a mass shooting Mm -hmm. down at um, where the parade ended. Um, So the parade ended at Union Station, which is uh, like at approximately at 22nd Street. And my sister and I and her friend Jeff were at 18th. So Mm -hmm. we were not, thankfully, we were not there at the time. And here's the interesting thing. We, the the temperature was amazing. It was like 65 degrees. Like that's, that's, that's just unbelievable weather. Mm -hmm. So I was all excited. I was like, you know what? By the time they actually get the players on stage, you know, they do like a whole production and the general manager comes out and talks forever and the owner talks forever and all these people talk forever. I was like, you know, it's a nice day. Maybe they want to go down to the end uh, right and and wait for the guys to come on stage because the, the, the whole thing is usually like maybe an hour or so, but they, the guys, the football players don't actually get on stage until the last 15, 20 minutes. Mm. So I thought maybe we could walk down and just hang out there and see that because we haven't seen it yet. We've only ever done the parade route, you know, mm-hmm. just so we can go, woohoo, see all the, the, the buses going by and the trucks and the players and things like that. So, so that was my suggestion, but my sister and her friend, her BFF had too much to drink. Mm. so they were like eh, you know we drank a lot we need to find some food before this like hits us so mm-hmm. after the parade was over from where we were we actually went and had some lunch yeah. so it wasn't until and and because there's i don't know if it's so many people or what the deal was but cell reception cell reception was horrible down there mm-hmm. and uh we didn't know anything was happening until jeff looked down at his phone and he's like somebody somebody brought a gun or something like that and it's kind of like that's ridiculous because it's such a feel-good occasion Mm -hmm. and we didn't know the extent of it we 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 heard that there was a shooting but we didn't know that it was a bunch of people got shot a bunch of kids got shot i think it was like eight or nine children got shot yeah it was something like that 
and uh 22 people got hurt a lot of people got hurt trampled they were trampled oh yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. a lot of the injuries were everybody running for safety um and then we had one uh death yeah i know so i was at home because it was a work day <laughs> and i was actually taking a break from work so i was um sitting on the couch in the living room sometimes if i've had like a lot of meetings back to back i like to just like just go to a different space and let my brain sort of settle out again and mm -hmm. then so i think i was doing like even just duolingo or something and i get this text from neil and he's like hey is chris okay i was like well, what do you mean and he said well there's a shooting at the parade so i'm texting you right away like holy shit and i'm guessing your phone blew up that day yeah i mean i by the time we got to a place where reception was available like my phone just there was a ton of mess missed calls messages you know mm -hmm. it was hard to keep up so i tried to i tried to inform everybody you know as quickly as possible that, that we were okay we weren't around uh, any sort of danger so what I found out on the news tonight before we we're recording this, that they're trying to figure out if they should uh, charge the 16 and 17 year old as adults. Oh, God. And also if the parents should be charged as well. Mm hmm. So. Wow. Yeah. So it was and they call them groups now. We don't use the word gangs. We call them groups. So it was a group. Okay. Fighting another group. At the Super Bowl parade. Right. It had just finished. Like they had the, you know, the last goodbye and people were starting to leave. Mm -hmm. And then that's when the shots were fired. That's yeah. so terrible. Yeah. yeah I'm so, I mean, I continue to be so relieved that you're okay, but it's just such a sad, horrible oh, thing. What should yeah. have been nothing but a joyous occasion. And so when I got home, I, I wanted to, you know, I, it was just, it was so overwhelming. It was everywhere. It was on TV. It was on, you know, on my phone. It was everywhere. People checking, which was great. But I kind of wanted to, to, I wanted something good. So mm -hmm. I was like, I'm either going to watch the game over or I'm going to watch the parade that was televised, you know, mm -hmm. just the good stuff. And I, and I, I almost couldn't do that because everybody was like, this is the greatest day ever. It's beautiful. Everybody's happy. Look at, mm -hmm. you know, how celebratory Kansas City is. And like, that was hard to hear knowing that yeah. they didn't know what was going to happen, you know, in a couple of hours. And it was just, it was, I couldn't do that either. So I had to fast forward all the way to where the players went on stage. And I watched mm -hmm. that and then I turned it off. Mm -hmm. Because, mm -hmm. and I'm, I still want it to be a positive experience and I will still go to every single one in the future. Yes. I won't deter me. And it also happened on Valentine's Day. So I mean, that's my favorite holiday and it's just like it just just completely deflated me. Mhm. Mm that's very fair. Yeah. But since then, you yes. had a happy occurrence. Yes. So my friend and fellow BSB writer Christina Rivers and her wife came to visit over the weekend. Yay. So yeah, it was so much fun. We ate all the food. I made them stay up till past 10 because they like to go to bed early. And I'm like, we'll have none of that here. Mm -hmm. Eyes open. That's right. You're Watch on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> Get into it. So, <laughs> so I got to show them Kansas City. And then we actually, we were very productive. We edited. 
both of us had have books nice. uh, that are due and we're editing and we got a room. That sounds funny. Mm-hmm. I didn't mean it like that. We were at the library Too and we late. got a room. <laughs> You're having no. an affair with Christine. Oh, no. Everyone heard it here first. <laughs> it's all about words, I do though. love her and I am her second wife. But uh-huh. but yeah, so we actually, we got a room at the library where I actually wrote the whole book Catch at this library. Oh, fun. So we got a room there at the library and we like just banged out a bunch of work. Like even her wife was working on uh, editing the book and then Christina was working on something and then I was editing my book. So it's like two and a half hours went by so fast. And I was like, okay, we probably need to get some food because that's all we did was eat. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when people go to visit you, what is your mm-hmm. favorite place to take them to in Kansas city? What's what, what's your favorite food place and what's your favorite non-food related place? Uh, it depends on the person. That sounds weird, but like Christina and her wife are vegetarians. I mean, barbecue, oh. Kansas City is barbecue. Like mm-hmm. if you eat meat, mm-hmm. I will take you to the best barbecue joints in town. Like if mm. you <laughs> love it, then I know where to take you. But if you are vegetarian, I'm struggling. We do have uh-huh. several like vegan and vegetarian restaurants, but also the ambiance. You know, you want to take them to a place that screams Kansas City. And Union Station. Like, I try to take every single person who comes here to Union Station. Uh, It is still an active train station. Mm -hmm. And it's they also have, like, the best restaurant. They have Harvey's, which is, like, open. um, Not even quite sure how to describe it. But it's just, it's really good food. And you get to people watch. And you're inside. Mm -hmm. But it's huge. It's massive. Like, the ceiling is, like, you know, way up there. It's three stories high or four stories or whatever it is. Uh, and it's just beautiful. It's just absolutely gorgeous. And they always do something like for Christmas, they had all these, like the whole the hall, the Union Station Hall was just full of different uh, Christmas things. You could get pictures taken with Santa. You could get pictures taken with snowmen, mm-hmm. um, all these different things. And when they, uh, let's see, when we had right before the Super Bowl, they had the whole Union Station was all Chiefs. And I have a ton of pictures. I'll I'll actually send it to you. Maybe we can put one up of just the whole Chiefs and you could take pictures with with like displays of, you know, with the offensive line or Patrick Mahomes or Travis Kelsey or all of them. It's just it was so much fun. So they really utilize the space well to attract tourists. And so I always try to take people there because it's really pretty. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, yeah. So food wise. We did we did a crepe place. There's this there's this one little restaurant. It is it does cater to a lot of vegetarians. Um it is called the Blue Bird Bistro. Mm-hmm. And I tried to we tried to go there, but they closed at one and it was like 104 or something like that. So they're like, We're sorry, we're closed. Like, but we'll be fast. Hey. But no. So yeah. we just did like crepes and stuff and just like fun foods. Mm-hmm. So that it was fun. pretty good. Yeah. So if you're ever in Kansas City, let me know because I will tell you all the hot spots. Oh, and I got to show them the um, we have Kansas City has built the very first women's professional soccer league stadium. That's women's. Yeah. And we're called the current and it's like a teal color. And so I was waiting for it to get dark before I took them across the river just so they could see you go across this bridge and then all of a sudden you see this huge teal stadium. They have lights underneath the the seat. So it all, it's all lit up all the time. It's beautiful. They were super excited about that. So 
like I said, Kansas City is a sports town and we have all the sports. We even got a um a women a professional women's volleyball really team. Yeah. Oh, I know. We got it all. Yeah, we do. But we don't have basketball, but uh we have like college basketball, which is better. Let's be real. It's better than like professional basketball. I can't speak to any of that. No. Um I'm speaking a different language, aren't I? <laughs> Yeah, you are. Let's see. Well, KU is one of the best basketball teams and has been for years. So I'm just saying we have a lot of sports and MU for uh, for mm-hmm. football. You can't go wrong here. Yeah, my knowledge of basketball dies in the 90s because I just remember being in high school and the Bulls and their big run. So, yes, I watched the Michael oh. Jordan documentary when it came out on Netflix. Oh, yeah. I remember the Pistons being really popular when I was in grade school. And also that was super exciting because we lived right across the river from Detroit. Now you have all my sports knowledge. Hey, yeah, isn't that great? Good job. <laughs> and now you know a little bit more about the Chiefs because you know me. And I always it's talk true. about it and you glaze over like, okay, I'm just going to smile. Well, smile I try and take to follow it. you. <laughs> I do try to follow you. I just don't really know. I know more about the Chiefs than I ever have. Thank you. That's all I, I ask. <laughs> that's all I uh, and then our other so our exciting news as you all mm-hmm. know we're both going to be at the uh gcls conference this year in july but we're actually going to be recording an episode there Ooh. the format is going to be a surprise so we're not telling you about that just yet but if you are attending and you feel like starting to think about maybe like what's some questions i can ask chris and tara in person when they're in front of a microphone Right. You might when they can't be edited. <laughs> and GCLS <laughs> is Golden Crown Literary Society, for those who yes. don't know what GCLS mean, stands for. So we're going to record an episode while we're there. And then I think we're going to do some kind of recap when we've uh, when mm-hmm. we've uh, we've gotten back and we've had, you know, a night or two of sleep to recover because it sounds <laughs> like not a lot of sleep happens there. <laughs> no, you don't sleep at all. Mm-mm. And it's peopling all day, every day. Mm-hmm. So we're going to sleep just enough so that we can hopefully coherently talk about what we've collectively experienced. <laughs> I'm excited because I missed they had a uh, an event uh, in Florida this weekend mm-hmm. and I missed mm-hmm. it, I, you know, because I was busy with projects and I had guests and I, I missed it. But, you know, I miss it my friends fun. and I miss it. Yeah, it did. It looked super fun. I was a little jealous. Yeah. And I texted my friends saying that how much I miss them. And I and I couldn't wait to see them in uh, Minneapolis. I know. It's going to be great. Next. It is. It's going to be great. So, Chris, what yes. have you been reading or watching lately? Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, a new season of Love is Blind started, and I am hooked. Like, they Netflix dropped the first six episodes. I thought it was the whole season. I was well, super yeah. excited. I thought so. But no, it's- they're doing that bullshit where you have to wait. A wait week for real? And wait for, yes. So here's what you get. You get, you know, that they meet in pods, but it's private. You know, you don't get to mm-hmm. see each other, but you have dates. You date for like two or three weeks. And then if you have love, if you've found love with somebody, you ask them to marry you. Mm-hmm. And they either say yes or no, or they're interested in somebody else. You just never know. You know, you're winging it. Mm-hmm. And um, so in this case, five couples got engaged. That seems like quite a bit. Well, it's usually anywhere from four to six. Yeah. Okay. So five was, it was a good, it was a good number. So there's five couples. I think one couple is adorable and I hope they make it. There is, uh, and I hope out of really, I I hope that they do make it. One 
I think they're not even going to make it past the honeymoon stage. And that's where it kind of is now. So so what happens is they like propose and then the couples actually go on a honeymoon where they're gone for like, I don't know, eight days or something. And I think they're, I don't know if they're in the Dominican Republic. I'm not quite sure where they are this time. So they stay there and they get to see, you know, they finally get to like hang out together as a couple. And then maybe sometimes they have sex. Maybe they don't. We're not, you know, you don't quite know. And then the next phase is that the people that they did not propose to, they somehow do like a mixer. And the people they didn't pick, they finally get to meet them. What? Yes. So That's new this season, right? Well, no, not really. It's just, it's. It's it's not like a it's just a big giant party and it just oh, so happens okay. that okay. oh look there's Jessica there's the person you didn't pick mm-hmm. and there's just one guy who's a total tool and the person he picked is somebody who said she looked like Mag- well okay I don't know that you can talk about like what you look like mm-hmm. I don't know what the rules are but she told him like somebody said that I look like a famous actress who has long dark brown hair and blue eyes and he's like oh my god you look like megan fox and she goes well i've been told that okay so anyway so he picks her and the whole time i thought he was gonna pick the other girl because i thought she was mm-hmm. better for him but he said like this is so I don't, why do i watch this i just I believe <laughs> in love but he says like i like this person because i like to be 100 percent in charge and she will follow me type thing no get out yeah and where the other girl it pushes him too much she's like he goes i don't like that so they got in a fight and then he ends up picking the other girl yeah so but i thought for sure he'd pick the one girl it was they were better together Mm -hmm. because they're both kind of tools and (laughs) uh so this poor girl so she says yes to him but she really should have said yes to another guy Mm -hmm. and he left and i really really liked him a lot he was very very just very cool nice sweet he had a mullet like what so i know i know that's what i said he was like really really muscular and he's like well people you know think that just because i'm muscular i'm stupid and he's not and it was just he was just really sweet and he's like i love you i'm so excited about this and she's like sorry no i'm picking the other guy yeah i know wow so they're all coming back at some like mixer i think it's just like a one-night mixer this is who you you know, it's they don't say it like this is who you didn't get, but mm-hmm. those people will be into this thing. So it goes from like this nice romantic getaway. And then I don't know if if those people go to if they're going to be there at that place or if they have like a big get together when they go back to wherever town they're from. They all live in the same town. Uh, yeah. Like it's, it's going to be a hot metropolis. Mess. Yeah, it's going to be a hot mess. I can't wait. <laughs> so but like i hope i hope this one couple really makes it and and some people yeah. have made it you know they're still together from this show so this i feel like, like has anyone lasted since the first season because there were those two couples in the first mm-hmm. season um you know i haven't looked because in my head they are still together like i just have to have that that hope you know the feeling of hope that yeah, yeah. They, they did find love like how not- is this any different than like online dating it's not well i think it's a little different in the sense that it's like all the conditions are bonkers they the production (laughs) crew keeps them hammered the whole time right they don't have access to their electronics (laughs) like you're kind of doing it sort of 
I think you could say, how is this not unlike some of what happened in the Escaping Twin Flames documentary? (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay, but there's still, I mean, it's still a show about love, ultimately. Definitely. Definitely. And they really promote it, whether they like try to pit people against each other. I feel like there's always going to be somebody who is the sweet side of it. Yes. And I think that there's a really sweet couple on it. And I really hope that they do survive. Yeah. No, that's fair. I mean, yeah. there have been some seasons. I'm trying to think. I think it might have been season three where I was like, I'm pretty sure none of these couples. You're going to make think... me Google this shit afterwards. I'm going to be very angry. Well, <laughs> oh, you're going to Google now, aren't you? <laughs> I'm going to Google it now. How many couples are still together? Uh, not from love is blind god it wanted me to look at the bachelor i'm like absolutely not apparently eight <laughs> couples look at that only still eight together only but eight only, I, well, I think I that's think great only yeah right like i think they should be proud. i think that's, that's amazing yeah according to business insider i just business insider i love that couple right there have an art alexa and brennan yeah i liked them oh i was thinking a different season it was not three because i don't remember them oh yeah yeah yeah. uh yes okay so cameron and lauren are still together from the first season that makes me very happy i like them very Mm -hmm. much matt barnett matt yeah yeah, i like them still together i Mm -hmm. liked them too but i was not sure they were were a little yeah they were a little rough yeah i think they were a little rough but i think they did anybody have that's from season three oh i don't know no, it looks like neither of those two couples had kids. Okay, so okay, you know what? Season two, I think, is the cu- is the season I was thinking of, and it skips mm. directly to season three for people that are still together. <laughs> so, so it looks like it's tracks. gonna be yeah. <laughs> so maybe it's not so bad. Yeah, maybe I don't think it is for some people. I think it's sweet. Good for I, them. See, I have even more hope. Maybe I hated I need to him. go back and watch some of these. These people all look very cute. They do. They do. And like some of the like the rea- that at the reunion shows, like it's brutal. Some of them oh, are yeah. brutal to watch. But I think mm-hmm. this last one, like people who didn't survive were actually very cordial to one another up awesome. to a certain point. I mean, the season before this last one, I guess season four, it was like brutal. Like the, it mm-hmm. was just, oh, God. A lot mm-hmm. of shit talking. Yeah. Yeah. And then what else? Um, and I'm still watching True Detective with uh, I forgot it's True Detective. Is it True Detective Night some, Night Country? True Detective Night Country with Jodie Foster. Still watching mm-hmm. that. It's like it's not gay. Still not gay. I mean, I think we talked about it. Maybe like her adopted daughter or her stepdaughter is mm-hmm. queer, but it's kind of weird seeing Jodie Foster play a straight person because it doesn't work for me. Not Isn't anymore. That weird? Yeah, it really doesn't. Like, we've come too far. Like, don't be straight. Yes. Don't play straight. Like, it doesn't <laughs> even, it, it, I mean, it, it kind of pushes the story forward a little bit because you understand more about her character, but also it's not necessary. Well, yeah, like, did her character have to be straight? Did her character have to have sex on a fucking dresser? I didn't need to see that. Yeah, I still, the only thing I know about that season, other than that Jodie Foster is in it, is that she has the most awkward sex scene. Yeah, it was. Christopher Eccleston. I was very uncomfortable. Yeah. I was very uncomfortable. Yeah. Fair. 
Fair okay. enough. Is it still good? It is still good. It actually got better. Like the first episode was real hard for me. And I was like, mm, I don't know that I'm going to watch this. And then I watched mm. the second episode and then it got a lot better. And so I th- I don't know if it's the final episode that was aired last night. I haven't watched it or recorded it. Mm-hmm. But that'll probably be what I watch after the uh, after this. Nice. But um, other than that, you know, I was busy with company. So that's all I've been watching. What about you? What have you been watching and reading? Fair. So there are two drag races happening right now. Wow. So I'm still watching Drag Race season 16. It's fine. I think the last time I talked about how there were some like heartbreaking and surprising people who were sent home. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nothing since then has been surprising <laughs> or heartbreaking. <laughs> the people that were sent home just frankly, unfortunately, made sense. But I was watching the other night, the most recent episode, and literally I'm watching it. And I was thinking, when are they going to get Melissa McCarthy on this Melissa McCarthy on this show? Like she should be on this show. And I was like, oh, they probably can't get someone like her to actually be a judge because judging takes like a whole day. And then she's there as a special Stop. guest. And I was like, I'm <laughs> You made it happen. Yeah, you made it happen. I had no idea that she was on. So the judge that week was Adam Shankman. He's the director of Hairspray. And the reason he was on is that it's the Rusical episode, which because oh, every okay. season there's a Rusical. And this one was like their send up of the sound of music. And so like the guy who did Hairspray did the choreography for this Rusical. So it's mm. awesome. And he, so he kind of shows up when he's going to teach them all the steps they have to learn. And they have to learn this in like a day. It's oh kind gosh. of like, it's wild. And he says, I'm really sorry. My assistant is late. And then his assistant shows up and it's like Melissa <laughs> McCarthy with like a whole bunch of snacks. And she's like spilling, like she knocked over an iced tea or something. And she, she at one point she's like, who wants a baby bell? And she's throwing those little baby bell cheeses yeah. at people. <laughs> and it's so funny because it cuts to the queens who are like how am i supposed to focus on learning dance moves when melissa mccarthy is Mm -hmm. 10 feet away staring at me which like fair enough they had no warning about this (laughs) um and so she didn't stick around for long but at the end she did it was that same thing i told you about like Charlize theron in her episode Mm -hmm. and i think this is so fucking smart that they are bringing a-listers on this show mm-hmm. that straight people love people everybody loves melissa mccarthy oh for sure but like having her speak about the importance of drag and what you're doing and keep fighting for and she even shares her own story about how like before she was famous she was a drag queen she would go out to clubs in new york she had this big old red wig her name was miss y because because she went by missy not melissa (laughs) um which i think is just like the cutest name but like i just love that a-listers are saying yes i will come on this show to preach the importance of drag that it is an art it is not a crime and it just made my heart so happy. And also the fact that's that, awesome. like, literally, I'm like, when's she going to be on the show? And it's like, today, today's the day. That's, that's the amazing. Day. Like, what are the chances? You're I know. amazing. <laughs> I know. So I'm also watching UK versus the world, which is basically like all stars, but not all in the US. And so mm. they have queens from France and Spain. And sadly, Canada was not invited this time, which I just think is a little bit rude. Like, come on bring a Canadian in, but whatever. Right. They brought a couple of US ones in. They brought four from the UK. Two episodes down, the first episode, I was so excited that Mayhem Miller was on. She's an American queen. 
she's been on a couple of different seasons and she's incredible and she got kicked off in the first episode because wow. it's the queens that are kicking each other off and i was like oh, brutal holy shit like one of the strongest queens got knocked out in the first episode so it's clearly not the best friends race and i don't know if it's because it's the first year that there's been any kind of a uk series with money attached to it um money root of all evil right so the other thing that i thought was really interesting though because so they were doing a talent show episode and i mean to be fair mayhem did the worst um because she forgot her lines mm -hmm. but as they were getting ready for it she talked about how she couldn't do her usual like big energetic thing she had to come up with a whole different concept because she had long covid Mm -hmm. And I think that's the first time I've seen a celebrity like just say that out loud and directly express that on a TV show and talk about having to adjust how they would normally do their job mm -hmm. because they have long COVID. So, yeah, I just thought that was really interesting. And frankly, as someone who's kind of been there, I'm all better now, but I had it that for when I got that really nasty case of mm -hmm. COVID. I kind of wonder if she might have forgotten her lines because of brain fog. Probably. Right? Like that's a real thing. A, yeah. It's a real, real thing. So mm -hmm. I, yeah, I'm glad that they included that because I think it's important as much as we're not living the pandemic life anymore. Mm -hmm. I think it's good for us to be reminded that like anyone can be affected by that. We don't know. Right. So it's a, it's a thing to be aware of and to be compassionate with the folks around us, especially if they're going through it. So those are the drag races. I finished Baldur's Gate 3. It was very, very good. I loved it so much. I started it immediately all over again. <laughs> and here's the thing. Because you can create your own character, which right. is what I did the first time. Mm -hmm. And I made the weirdest looking character ever 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 in the land i love them so much they're my little non-binary bard and their romance was with carlac this big gigantic barbarian tiefling she looks like a big old devil woman she's stunning people who know her love her and then i thought what if i just play as carlac next time oh <laughs> look at that and so that's what i'm doing i'm running around as this big beefy barbarian woman and like i think the thing that i love about playing her is she's so because she's a barbarian yes she can intimidate she can yell at people she can whatever but i think ultimately she's a very hopeful character and she's a very positive character and so it's very fun that it's like hey we're in this apocalyptic situation but i'm alive and i'm happy to be alive so <laughs> Yeah, I really like playing as her. And then I read a book. You might have heard of it. It's called Forever by Chris Bryant. Mm, I have heard of it. Heard of it. <laughs> uh, so I finally got around to reading it. And it's so funny because for whatever reason, I just hadn't. Well, probably it was that whole I've talked before about how I just didn't read very right. much for mm -hmm. a while. And now as I'm catching up on things and hopefully it's not too weird. We're going to talk about it a little bit because maybe yeah. there's some people who haven't read it yet. But speaking of dating shows, this is your dating show reality romance. It's like The Bachelorette, yes. mm -hmm. um, but sapphic. And it was, I have to admit, I was a little heartbroken for Savannah at first because she invited back on this show and she was on the first season and she had been humiliated because Big she time. fell in love. And like, nobody likes the person who humiliated her mm -mm. at all. Um, but she's asked to come back. And she ends up falling for the host of the show, mm -hmm. Lauren, 
And I really liked how that happened because Lauren was like, yeah, I get that you're lonely. Let's like, I'll come talk to you every so often. But then, you know, every so often turns into every day and mm-hmm. then they both develop feelings in the hearts and the pants. And so that's... <laughs> I really, there's a lot of side characters, of course, because it's, you know, a reality show romance. There's all the Mm -hmm. contestants that are trying to fall in love with Savannah. I can see why you're giving Alex their own book, though. Like, what is not to love about them? They're so, so sweet and earnest and lovely. I'm not going to get into all my feelings about all the side characters, but there were some that I loved and there were some that I would love to punt off a cliff. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, because that is the true scene of, I have seen so many reality dating shows, obviously, Mm -hmm. because we just talked about one, but I just, I thought it would be so much fun to write this book. And it was, came out um, last year, the year before, I don't remember. It's been, it's been a little bit. And I just thought it's so much fun, like to, to write a dating show book, you know, and Mm -hmm. then try to keep it because there are people who are just in it for the celebrity-ness of it. There are some mm-hmm. people who are in it for love and there are some people uh, who are just in it to see what happens. And I feel like yeah. I have several characters that fall under each of those categories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was um, it was just a really fun, quick read. Like, I think I read it in two evenings or something like that. Mm, nice. Thank you. And I really appreciated that it wasn't angsty. It was right. like big time page turn. I was like, okay, come on. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? I did not skip to the end. Thank you. Not once. Nice. Actually, I I texted this to Chris because every so often she's like, I can't believe you read the ends of books. And then I realized (laughs) something because since, yes, I always read the ends of books, including romances, because I had to, because I felt like my brain felt like I was going to die if I didn't do it. And then I mostly stopped reading for a while. And in that time, I was diagnosed with ADHD and I started taking medication for it. And then it turns out that now that I'm reading books again, I mostly Mm -hmm. don't skip to the ends of books anymore. I think I just needed the medication. So that my brain didn't think I was going to die if I didn't right. check. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'll always have a good ending. You know that. I do know that. And, and I mean, the stuff I... Here's the funny thing. I only ever check on romances. <gasps> I don't check on a mystery. because the mean? whole point of Well, here's what I think. Because like on the rare occasion that I'm going to read a mystery, well, I'm not going to check the end of a mystery. That's the whole point is to figure out who did whatever happened. The thing with the romance is I know it will have a happy ending, but I want to know what it looks like so that I feel okay about the thing that's giving me anxiety in the moment. Mm. But I usually have low angst books. Like somebody once said I have angsty books. I'm like, I don't really think so. Really? Do I? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Okay, good. Because I was like, were you the one? No, you weren't the one. But I don't really think I, I, I don't have angst in my books. Not really. I mean, no. some of them might have a little do. bit. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's for sure. Some of your friends super. I mean, how many times do we see Melissa Braden on social media practically cackling because she's about to write a painful scene? She for is her about characters? to, yeah, stab some hearts there for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't find glee in that. So, no. as a matter of fact, I really don't have a dark moment in the book that I'm writing now for Alex. Perfect. Yay. I know. It's the first time I've done this. So we'll see. Yeah. First time. I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited about that one. Thank you. And uh, if you weren't my co-host, it would probably be my official recommendation. It's a little little weird to have your official recommendation be something from your co-host. So we're just talking about it. (laughs) Fair enough. Thank you. I'm glad that you read it. Thank you. Chris, 
Yes. What's your official recommendation this week? So my official recommendation is somewhat a little weak, but it's still important and it's right up my alley. All right. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah. It's ISS, which is International Space Station. Woo. Still nothing? No. Okay. No. <laughs> it has absolutely everything I like. So let me read the little blurb. Tensions flare in the near future aboard the International Space Station when a worldwide conflict breaks out on Earth. Soon, the U.S. and Russian astronauts each receive orders from the ground, take control of the station by any means necessary. What? Why does it feel right? like something that could happen? Well, you soon. know, I mean, also, it is possible. Yeah, I'm not going to dwell on it. Okay. Right. What else happens? Okay, so like I said, like the queerdom is light in this, but that's what also makes it great. Okay, okay so stick with me. Ariana Dubois? Ariana Dubois? 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 Is it Dubois? Dubois. Uh, it, Dubois. De it depends. Like if you're yeah. saying it the French way, it's Dubois. Dubois. But I think like when you're talking about that very famous that's the person one from American history. Yes. It's W.E.B. -E du Bois, I think is how you say his name. Du Bois. No. I don't know. Okay, so, so Ariana. Okay, so Ariana, Ariana yeah, Ariana D. <laughs> uh, she made history as the first Afro-Latina openly queer actor of color to win an Oscar for Anita in West Side Story just a couple of years ago. Do you remember that? Yeah. I'm pretty sure, sure I talked yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So she plays Dr. Kira Foster, who is an astronaut who joins the other astronauts for the first time, who are already at the ISS. Okay. Mm -hmm. She is a former Marine and a biologist working on test replacement organs on rats. Okay. okay. That's like her assignment. Okay. So here's the thing. So she, like, it's her first time in space, or at least that's kind of the vibe you're given, is it's the first time. At least it's the first time in the ISS. Okay. Mm -hmm. So she's looking out the window and she's like, it's so beautiful. You know, at first everybody looks out the window and then like they go do their work and then like day by day, the, you know, she does this. And so one day she's looking out and she sees some sort of an eruption and she thinks it's a volcano. And she's like, hey, guys, come look at this. You know, what is this? And then all of a sudden there are a lot of other eruptions and they figured out that nuclear war happens on Earth. Okay. Again, That's supposed to be feeling, a This is feeling slightly too real, but yes, okay, go on. Yes. Okay, so when you look at the picture from what they see, like half of the earth is like an orangey red color because it's like gone. It's, it's not gone. It's just, it's just in fire. Mm -hmm. And then the other half is blue, you know, because like part of the world didn't get blown up. Mm -hmm. But it's very scary. And they can't reach anybody on earth. And the last communication that both sides, you know, received was to take the ISS. You know, you know the Russians had to... Mm -hmm take it from the americans and the americans had to take it from the russians etc cetera, etc cetera. and they it basically whoever controls the iss controls you know wins the war because one of the things they are researching is how to survive exposure to radioactivity and they actually have like some sort of cure up there and oh. so yeah and so whoever like gets control gets the research mm -hmm. so that's kind of like this whole thing so uh, it kind of shows you like what lengths people will do to stay alive at what lengths people will do mm -hmm. and also does humanity win does good beat out evil it's like it's a whole thing there's like a whole bunch of different it's very very for a simplistic sci-fi thriller that was shot during the pandemic 
there are very few people, but it speaks volumes. Like you learn, it's a layer by layer type thing. You're really mm -hmm. seeing like people and humanity and what happens when like, you don't know that you have a, a place to go back to, you know, cause they can't reach anybody. What do you do? What would you do? That's horrific. That's mm -hmm. just an awful feeling. So <laughs> it's funny because Deb's like, okay, that movie's not going to end well. <laughs> I was about to say, so how does it end? <laughs> She's not wrong, but there's hope. So okay. there is, it, it, it's kind of a hopeful ending. I feel like, okay, I had good feelings about it. So. Is it kind of like the ending uh, of Rogue One? <laughs> it is not. Okay. So not everybody dies in the end. Not everybody dies in the Only end. Only for the plans to be handed over. Yeah. So but not everybody dies. Okay. Well, that's good. There are some people who die. But I not mean, everybody dies. I feel like there has to be at least some people who die. In that. Is there one person that lives? Look at you. You're trying to draw out information. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I knew I you mean, wouldn't let me try it. I know. That's why, that's why I like to do it at this point. I'm like, okay. Nope, if I, I'm not going to say not gonna, She's not going to tell us. So how about I just ask? And then she can uh, rebuke me about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you cannot know. Mm -hmm. So the reasons why I love this movie. I made a list this time. Okay. Ooh. So the queerness is normalized. Like, like don't like don't get me wrong. Like I love a good queer celebration, you know, yes. but ultimately the goal is to be on equal fields. And this movie does this. Mm -hmm. It really does. So uh like if you blinked or ran into the kitchen for a snack, you would have missed it. You would have missed mm -hmm. the very crucial point in this. One of the American astronauts uh straights her and she's like, no. And he's like, Oh, I'm sorry. And that's it. Like that. there's like one, like one little sentence where she explains the relationship, like super short sentence and that's it. Mm -hmm. They move on. So it was a great good incidental queer. Person. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, and it's directed by a woman mm -hmm. and I can't even pronounce her name if I tried Gabriella Cowperthwaite Cowperthwaite. Yeah. It's a super long word. I'm, I'm trying. Yeah. Uh, it's sci-fi. It's apocalyptic. I mean, it's action, it's thriller, it's a nail biter. Mm -hmm. It was everything I want in a movie. You know? That's amazing. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I mean, I, at first I was like stressed about what am I going to talk about? What am I going to you know recommend? And then I was like, yeah, I'm just going to watch this movie because it looks good. I was like, I'm a queer person. Oh my God, it's her. <laughs> so there was a lot going on. So I was like, this is perfect. Everything is good. Mm -hmm. So that's, uh, yeah, so I, I recommend it. I thought it was very, uh, if you're like me and you like that whole, the action thriller thing, I love those movies. I, so do I not, recommend it for Neil that. Does, so. Uh see, yeah. So tell Neil that. Like it. he yeah. needs to watch it because it's <laughs> it's cool. Yeah. And I like the research that that she's doing. Mm -hmm. And and just like to see like how how fast human hum, humanity, how fast humans will turn on each other. Mm -hmm. You know? I mean, and then also do you do what you're told or do you do what you think is right? Yeah. So there's a lot of philosophical questions that come from watching this movie. So I feel mm -hmm. like, I feel like you should watch it. I'm going to recommend it for you and for everybody listening. So that I give you a solid maybe. It depends okay. on if I remember. <laughs> I know how to reach your husband. So I'll put that in his ear. Yeah. Okay. Go for it. <laughs> so that is my official recommendation. What is yours, Tara? So my official recommendation is a brand new baby rom-com from yeah. one of my favorite authors, Lee Winter. It's Lee. called Vengeance Planning for Amateurs. 
by the time this episode comes out, the book will have been out for a couple of weeks, I think. Hmm. The story is mostly told from the perspective of Olivia Roberts. She's probably one of the nicest people on the whole planet, but some people, including her sister, would say that she's too mm. nice because her exes keep screwing her over. Mm. Tina is the latest one. Tina is an addict who kept stealing <laughs> from her and selling her things so that she could buy drugs. But Olivia kind of finally finds her last straw of, I will not be taken advantage of anymore or I will not be treated like shit anymore because she gives Tina another chance only for Tina to steal the one thing that Olivia cares about most of the world, which is a stuffed penguin oh my gosh. named Trip. And she got it from her late grandmother, who is how the... Much, how much money can you get from a stuffed penguin? Here's the thing. I will cut off my own synopsis to get into this with you. <laughs> okay. Because I have to admit, when I saw the cover, because the cover has, you know, the penguin, it has this... I'm like, looking it up. I haven't it seen has the cover. A, a van with like muffins on it because Olivia is also she's a baker and she's mm. like an award winning baker because of her muffins. They're so good. But I was like, <laughs> yes, oh, they are. No, about. OK. And then when there's the penguin, I was like, I don't know. But also, <laughs> like I said, Lee Winter is one of my favorite authors. Right. So I was like, I'm just going to I'm just going to trust. I'm just going to give her more trust than I might give an author that I know less well. OK, I see it now. I'm looking at it. Like, it I'm sounds the nuts, cover. the whole thing with the stuffed penguin being a part of it. I <laughs> right. get that it sounds nuts. I think it works because it's a rom-com, but also there are things that happen in the story that actually it ends up making way more sense. Ah, okay. And I can't say what any of it is or it gets into spoiler territory, but it was one mm. of those, I was like, come on, this is too much. And then I'm reading and I was like, ah. She really did make it make sense. Okay. <laughs> Here we are. So, yes, this is the one thing. Well, she got the van from her grandmother as well. But, oh. you know, her ex didn't steal the van. She stole the penguin. And so she's decided that's it. I've had enough. I cannot believe these people have been so awful to me. So, like, if you look into her romantic history, she identifies as a lesbian now. But the first couple people she dated were men. And then she dated a couple women. And she's decided, I need to get revenge against Tina and the others. They have hurt me. They have wronged me. But she also knows that she's not mercenary enough to be able to get an appropriate level of vengeance for what they've done to her. And to be fair, some of it was terrible. Like her oh. other girlfriend, she basically took all of Olivia's life savings. Oh my gosh. To pay for school. See, and that then me it was off. always like, this is a loan. Oh. And then it's like, she, and she hasn't paid her back $32,000. <laughs> like what? That's just one example. There's the other two are also not good at all. I'm not going to get into those. Oh um, no. But she, so she decides I need to hire a henchman. This is the only <laughs> way for me to get this done. I have to hire a hench person. And so she runs a book club it's a weekly book club in this crime fiction focused bookstore and mm -hmm. so she posts something in there and all these people who are not going to work out at all um apply and then dr margaret blackwood mm. applies dr margaret blackwood is the owner of the bookstore she is an expert in his because this takes place in australia it's a very australian book mm -hmm. um but she is an expert in like historical australian outlaws and she says, I'm bored. I'll be your henchperson. <laughs> I'll do it. 
Who could be better than me? And of course, Olivia is shocked that Dr. Blackwood would put her name forward. She rarely, if ever, leaves her office. Olivia had only recently kind of even seen her in person. It's just this total shock. And she never talks to anybody in the store, but kind of is like, yeah, I mean, you're right. Who else would be the person to do this? And so they spend more time together. The more they influence each other, the more possible it seems that Olivia will definitely get her revenge Mm. and Margaret will maybe start going out and being a part of the world again. Mm. And that again part is pretty crucial Mm. story too. I was, in addition to being nervous because of the whole penguin thing, I was nervous (laughs) about this just because I feel like I have a love hate relationship with rom-coms is as books. Mm-hmm. Um, more than movies. I, I tend to like them better as movies, but with books, I feel like I either love them or I hate them. <laughs> and I don't really know which one I'm going to get because often I think they just feel too slapstick or too ridiculous. And the romance doesn't get invested in enough because so much is invested in the comedy. Like it has to have enough balance oh, with yeah. the romance mm-hmm. is satisfying for it to work for me. Mm-hmm. But I actually ended up loving this book so much like so so much so it's mostly told like i said it's mostly told from olivia's perspective and so we see it's not first person but like we see how little confidence she has she's deeply wounded she really just wants someone to love her for herself to want her to want to be her partner but as margaret is talking to her and learning her story and finding out the reasons why she wants vengeance against these four people And Olivia sees the reactions that Margaret's having. There's this like, oh, I'm not crazy for thinking it's not okay that they treated me this way. Oh, I do deserve to be treated better. And you see that confidence start to build up. And I think that's really beautiful. And I loved seeing as she's like, no, I am worth something. And seeing as she comes to understand her worth and to value that and learns how to have boundaries. And I just thought, so spectacular really really wonderful but margaret is my favorite character so even the book isn't told from her perspective yeah um, she sounds pretty cool yeah my god she's like not only is she badass she's very she's very witty very dry wit very cutting with the things that she has to say and when we see her at well at first we don't even really see her we first find out about her because when olivia is having her book clubs she hears these little comments Because Dr. Blackwood leaves her office door open and she won't come out and join the book club, but she'll just like say these things, kind of interjecting. And so it's like, who is this person? (laughs) What is she like? And we get her perspective in little bits, though, because like, yes, we get them through what Olivia sees. But at the end of most chapters, we get Margaret's diary entries for that Mm. day which I thought was a really clever way of pulling in another perspective. It also means that we get, actually we get most of the book is in third person, but those little bits are in first person because it's somebody writing in their own diary. And we realize there's so much more to her than what Olivia knows, especially at first. I went into it wondering like, is my, Margaret's an ice queen, right? Isn't she an ice queen? Lee Winter always writes ice queens. Right. I actually don't think she is an ice queen. 
this is a little bit of a spoiler, but I feel like the information is delivered fairly early on in the book and therefore it's kind of a fair enough and it's really difficult to talk about Margaret without talking about it. So sorry. I mean, this is an unequivocal recommendation. So you're going to find out anyway when you pick up this book. Um, but Margaret was widowed a mm. few years prior. And I think that's really kind of key to the whole staying in her office, not wanting to talk to people so much, not being a part of the crowd. And so the fact that she puts her hand up to like be this hench person is huge. Mm. And so she also goes on her own massive journey. And nice. that's where I think yeah. she's not an ice queen. She's grieving. But in addition to grieving, I do think she also knows her worth. At one point in her diary, she writes, not everyone deserves access to me. Mm. I like that. I think that is such a powerful line. And I think most of us could benefit from coming right. to understand that, that we don't have to give everything of ourselves to everyone who asks it mm -hmm. because not everyone does deserve to have access to us. Right. And I think also, so I want to say, I don't think she's an ice queen. I think she might be a cat, which I don't think <laughs> is a designation for human characters, but she is very prickly, but it's also that she's choosy. And so I really love, there's another diary entry where she's extremely weirded out because Olivia called her kind one day. Like, oh, I just think it was really kind of you to whatever. Um, mm. And in her diary, she's like, I'm not kind. I'm just protective of the people in my immediate orbit that are worthy of my time and attention. And mm. I was like, oh, you're a fucking cat is what you are. <laughs> you're not <an laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. You have standards. You're just thinking. <laughs> And I thought, you know, the diary entries added so much more nuance than I would have guessed, especially mm -hmm. considering how little a percentage of the page count they take up. Because we're really talking anywhere from like two to six pages at oh, the wow. end of a yeah. chapter. Mm -hmm. That oh, would have been many, okay. many more pages. But I think that's what really allows us to see Margaret as this like very layered character who is going through something and that helps us understand why she behaves in certain ways because Olivia just wouldn't have known enough at that point. And so I think it actually keeps the romance balanced and allows the comedy to work in, in all the places where it's used. Clever. Um, yeah. It's so very good. clever. It's so yeah. Good. It sounds very clever. There's one scene I can't talk about it without getting into spoilers, but like it had such a massive emotional impact. Like I just, I felt it in my body. Hmm. I would not have expected that. Again, I wouldn't have expected that in a rom-com. I thought it would just be like, ah, it's just light. And I'm just kind of laughing all the way through. Right. But because this is a book that deals with hmm. grief mm -hmm. and frankly, I would say maybe like borderline abuse for some of how Olivia was, she was treated, you could, we could call it mistreatment, Ugh, whatever you want to yeah. call it. Right. Like it, because it deals with these heavy things somehow though, the balance stays there and there was just so much more depth than I would have expected. And I think by now you probably know, I love to be surprised by a book. <laughs> I just do. I love when when a book goes to a place that I don't expect and it works. And this is one of those books that does it. It was also like laugh out loud funny sometimes. I have a quote for you. Ah, I love it. Um, so the thing to know going into this, because it's going to reference Emma, 
Emma is a nine or 10 year old girl. She comes and she hangs out at the bookstore after school. It's kind of an arrangement that the the mom and the, oh, the, okay. the store have that it's okay. That's a safe place for her to go after school for a couple of hours. She's a really good kid, wicked smart, big time reader. And so Margaret has been giving her different books to read to kind of like help with her literary education. And this part I loved, especially as a Canadian, would you keep in mind that like Lucy Maud Montgomery is one of our national historical treasures of all time. Meanwhile, Emma loved Anne of Green Gables and asked about the sequels. I had to break it to her that they deserve to be catapulted into the sun. And it was just <laughs> so perfect, perfect because also <laughs> it's so true. true. <laughs> oh, I read them all when I was, yeah, probably around grade six, grade seven. It was like that one. Incredible. The rest. Everything else. Yeah. Not so much. I mean, also, 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 let's be real. I think the reason Chelsea Cameron rewrote them as a sapphic couple in her book, Who We Could Be, is because it should have been Anne and Diana all along. <laughs> but they couldn't make it that way. Knows. So, yes, I, in conclusion, I adored this book. I will definitely reread it. It might be my current favorite from Lee Winter, but I always refuse to choose favorites from her list because I always feel like that's the rudest question anyone can ask of me. Oh, Occasionally somebody will say, what's it. your favorite? I'm like, you got, that's rude. Don't ask me that. I don't know. But I just, I loved it. It's vengeance planning for amateurs, which I think is also a hilarious title. Yeah. Cause when I was typing it, I was like, what is this title? Why is it? Oh, this is hilarious. Like the title <laughs> right? alone is hilarious. Like, oh, I get it. Oh. <laughs> She said something on Facebook about it being her first rom-com on purpose, which then got me kind of interested. And I thought, huh, I wonder if her first book, The Red Files, was kind of an accidental rom-com that nobody pegged at the time. Because hmm. that book is also very funny and quirky and excellent. But it's hard to nail that one down with a genre. Hmm. But I'm not here to recommend that book, although I would because I love it. It's one of my favorites. <laughs> um, okay. I feel like I can keep rambling and I got to yes. stop. So that's all for this episode. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed the show and you haven't subscribed yet, please do on your podcast app. So you will know whenever we release an episode, like I said before, if you have a friend that you think would like us, please tell them all about queerly recommended. And if you'd like to support us, we do have links in our show notes to our coffee and our newsletter sign up. Or if you want to connect with us on your favorite social media sites, we have links in the show notes for that as well. Or you can just search for Queerly Recommended on most of the social media sites or email us at podcast at queerlyrecommended.com. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Wow, I said that almost surly. <laughs> Goodbye. 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 <laughs> Get out. <No. laughs> oh, we forgot to mention that it was a Monday night. Well. But I think we kept it together pretty well. I think people might have figured it out by now. <laughs> you think so? <laughs>